I, th I thought everyone was kidding because my dad actually called me and he was like, um, he's like, hey, what do you think about wrestling Seth at SummerSlam? And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> sure, I'll wrestle Seth at SummerSlam. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Out of Character with me, Ryan Satin. This week, we've got a former tag team champion on the show. We've already had his dad here, but now we've got the son. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to Out of Character, Dominic Mysterio. Dominic, thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. No, thank you guys for having me. It's 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 an honor. Oh, uh, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have you on here because, you know, I asked your dad when he was on here so many questions about, you know, your journey into the ring because I know he was so heavily involved with it. So I'm excited to have you on here now to get it from your perspective. I think it's going to be a little bit different hearing it from yours uh, than his. So first off, I'm going to ask you the same thing I ask everybody else. How much of your real true self is there in the character that you play on TV right now? Man, I would have to say it's 50-50 because uh, when I go out to the ring, it's like even even before then, it's kind of like I kind of have to set myself in this in this zone because who you see out there is not how I actually am. I'm very like to myself and shy. Like me going out there and raising my arms in front of thousands of people is is out of the ordinary for me. So it's like... I have to get, kind of get into the zone, but I would say uh, overall my character and who I am, that's that's how I am 100%. You know, me and my dad bumping heads, that's kind of how we bump heads at home. But at the end of the day, we kind of, we fix it because that's that's pops. But I would say it's about 50-50. Well, since you're kind of a shy guy, was it was it almost in a way helpful to start during the pandemic and, and, and kind of like, you know, not have a thousand, you know, thousands of people there to, to get your nerves, you know, all messed with? I, I think so, but either way, my nerves were through the roof. Um, it's hard. Uh, I try not to show it because I kind of want to, like, I want to be professional. So I don't want to, like, show that I'm, like, nervous or, like, freaking out or not knowing what I have to do or where I have to be. So definitely, I think starting out with, you know, like, um, I started out with, with the NXT kind of, like, developmental there. And then we moved on to the to the Thunderdome. And I think that did kind of help me out a little bit because I got a little bit of that crowd reaction. But then we went to the screens um, and every I just remember everyone telling me that a crowd is, is going to hit differently, you know, from Seth to Edge to just everybody telling me it's it's a different vibe out there. And it most definitely was. And I would I would say that that pandemic era would definitely help me out, kind of overcome that shyness a little bit. I still struggle here and there to kind of like let loose, but it's it's slowly but surely coming along yeah i think that you know that's that nerves thing is something that most people never shake as much as we like to think that one day we'll shake those nerves i mean every single person i talk to on here pretty much for the most part from the most seasoned veterans to someone who maybe isn't as seasoned they all talk about how right before they're mad nervous before like even cesaro a few weeks ago was talking about how nervous he was at wrestlemania and it was like you are nervous before matches you're like one of the best wrestlers on the planet like why are you nervous and he was like well i mean like that's just how it is you know yeah no definitely like even like like you said cesaro man it's crazy to see like some of these guys that just you know you probably don't see it because like you don't know them very well but like once they talk to like you for example and they let you know that they're you know a nervous wreck like then you're like wow really <laughs> that's that's almost surprising because these guys are all so solid and like ready and focused that you would ne i i never in a million years would have thought cesaro would have been the type of guy to get nervous for a match you know because dude's a stud okay so you mentioned it how you mentioned nxt 
How long were you training at the Performance Center before you got put on TV with WWE and stuff? I, 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 I did it. You didn't at all? Because you said something about going to NXT for a minute. So I was like, wait, I don't remember you wrestling at the Performance Center at all. No, it was uh, so like the NXT was the was like the crowd there for when, oh, when the it, pandemic first started hitting. Got it, got yeah. it, got it, got it, but, got um, it, got it. But I originally thought, you know, that was a plan for me to do, you know, developmental and NXT and the whole process. Did you now, you know, looking back in retrospect, do you wish you had gotten some time to spend at the Performance Center prior to being put on TV? Or are you happy that you got thrown into the deep end right away? Honestly, I would say a little bit of both because I definitely wish that I got to, you know, pick the people's brains that are in the PC, you know, like Norman, Scotty you know fit a bunch of a bunch of just amazing guys out there that I would love to like be in the ring with and just like you know soak all of their knowledge in but at the same time you know I was truly blessed with the position that I was put in and um they threw me right in the deep end and it was sink or swim at that point so uh I, I'd like to think that I'm doing a little swimming <laughs> well you know even though you said you'd like to pick the brains of you know some of the people at the performance center I feel like you know your training was different than a lot of others because you did get to train in secret with a lot of different respected people in the industry. Were you happy with your dad kind of having you do that before bringing you to the WWE, you know, universe? Yeah, most definitely, you know, um, and like I've, I've talked to a lot of people like Finn, Finn Balor, for example, when we were in the UK, he said that he only trained for about six months before he debuted. So like, I know a lot of, a lot of guys, like they, they train and then debut, but I, I, I had no clue what was going to happen, you know? So I was just steady going through this training, not knowing like what the end goal was. Obviously the end goal was to eventually be in WWE and sign with NXT and do the whole deal. Um, but everything just kind of happened so fast. And like, I'm, I'm very happy with, with how everything turned out, you know, cause not only did my dad kind of set aside some, some things and like people that I trained with, but also like, now where i am today like everybody that i've worked with from seth to roman to corbin to sammy just everybody that i've been in the ring with i've learned so much from everybody and i think that's just a whole different learning tree being in there and learning like firsthand from you know these guys that have been in there for for years now and that like that's that's a blessing in and of its own you know just being in there with those guys that i used to watch on tv and like now i'm in there with them like you know, getting beat up or getting power bombed out of the ring. Like that's, that's crazy. And I'm, I'm very fortunate and very blessed. Well, yeah, when I do this show, usually, or not usually, but sometimes I'll go back and I'll look at someone's cage match uh, and they'll look at their like early wrestling matches to see, you know, who some of their first early wrestling matches were or like who the first established talent they wrestled against was. And it's funny when I'm watching, when I'm when you look at yours, you just had like a list of just like some of the greats. You just had a Hall of Fame list of talent that you just listed right now. And they're all like your first matches, which is, that's so crazy to me. It's, it's honestly insane and not to even mention that before any of this even started i you know was tossed around by brock lesnar and like <laughs> i hit a double 619 on brock with a frog splash and hit him with the chair like how many people can say that they've done that to brock like that's that gives me goosebumps like that's that shouldn't have happened that's crazy i feel like though you know that time when you were in the crowd and he just pulled you over 
I, I, I feel like that had to be the most intimidating thing ever because just he's such like a mountain of a man and he's just like manhandling you. I feel like that is the stuff that nightmares are made of. Oh, most definitely. And I actually have a funny story about that because my dad had told me that we were going to do something with somebody. Didn't mention who, didn't mention what. He just said <laughs> we were going to do something with somebody. Oh, no. So I'm, I'm, think, I'm starting to, you know, think who we can work with or what's going to happen or, you know, Brock, Brock never came to mind, never came to mind. Um, so we, we were driving to Phoenix, Arizona, where, you know, I was going to be in the crowd and, and I was like, Hey, are you going to tell me now who's who, you know, you're wrestling or what's, what's the deal? And he goes, you'll see when we get there. I'm like, all right, we end up getting there. And you know, next thing you know, I'm getting tossed around by Brock. <laughs> Oh man, what so a surprise from a surprise dad right there. Yeah, it's a terrible surprise from dad. I'm honestly, the WWE on Fox account, they always uh, tweet about me saying that I could, that I once said that I could beat up Brock Lesnar's shoot fight, which I never actually said, but they've, they tweet about it all the time. And I'm terrified that one time at some point, I, they're, they're going to make Brock Lesnar actually think that I've said that and he's going to come and slam <laughs> me through this table when I'm not expecting it in a surprise very similarly. So uh, I can understand how terrifying that would be. Yeah, no, it was honestly like maybe one day they'll say that they have Brock, you know, scheduled for you. And instead of having him on camera, he'll show up there in, in L.A. or something. <laughs> That's my biggest fear. Please don't give the, the guy who runs the social media account is here and he, don't give him any ideas, please. <laughs> well, let's go back. I want to go back a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, you, you know, you talking about you in the crowd with Brock. Um, you know, you've been in the crowd a bunch prior to that. You know, you had some very famous moments as a child. But first, I want to know, what are some of your first earliest memories of pro wrestling? Like, what, do you remember the first show you went to or anything like that? Honestly, I I don't remember the first show I went to. Um, there's just so many shows. Like, I feel like I kind of was just born into this. Like, it's kind of weird because... Like there's baby pictures of me in like a full Rey Mysterio outfit and I'm like four months old. So like I was kind of like put into this. So I remember being in TJ in the auditorium and my dad having like that tunnel, that very specific tunnel in TJ. And like, you know, I remember some of the matches there, but I think my earliest, earliest memory that I can definitely recall is my dad getting hit in the head with a guitar by Jeff Jarrett. That was like, one of the first things that I like vividly remember. And like, I remember I was freaking out and I was like, what is this guy doing? I was so angry. And my mom had to like settle me down. Like, cause I would grab the pillows and I'd start like hitting it. And like, that's what I remember, you know, like my dad getting beat up. And then I also remember it when he won the title in Anaheim against Matt Hardy. I think that was one of the first like matches that like I can vividly remember me being there and like what I did, what I wore, like, just little things like that. But I think overall, I've just always been surrounded by wrestling. Yeah, those pictures of you as a kid, in a baby, as a baby, in the baby Rey Mysterio outfit are the most adorable thing. And it's so great for like, you know, to see that and to see you now in WWE. It's like such a cool progression of your life. Did your dad ever like go to school, your school for like career day or anything like that in the Rey Mysterio getup? Um, I would say, I don't think like, I don't remember ever having like career day, but for Halloween, I would, uh, I would always dress up as different wrestlers. And I remember I actually have an actual pair of shoulder pads from, uh, 
LOD from Animal that he gave me when I was a kid because I remember I wanted to be one of the Road Warriors for Halloween. And I have these giant shoulder pads. And I just remember being so angry because everyone thought I was an Oakland Raider fan. And I was like, no, I'm a road warrior. <laughs> like Legion of Doom. And I was just walking around so angry. I wanted to go home. But I think uh, my dad, he would only show up in full outfit um, for like Halloween and stuff to like do the parade with like me and my sister and stuff like that. That's so cool. I feel like, I feel like you had to be a legend at school for like stuff like that. And like, you know, the fact that you were on TV at like eight years old, I feel like you had to have been like, people were like, oh man, that's so cool. Dominic is like a wrestler already, you know, like you were running into the ring, you know, shaking a ladder at eight years old and stuff. I mean, I feel like you had, you know, you had to have uh, had, you know, some prominence at school because of it. Correction, I tried to shake the ladder. <laughs> it did not move. <laughs> It did not move, but I attempted to shake the ladder. But um, yeah, no, honestly, it was crazy being a kid and like being on TV because I think the most exciting part about all that was being away <laughs> from school. So, you know, I was in third grade and the last thing I wanted to do was be in school. So I was getting to travel with dad and, you know, ride BWO's uh, bicycle, like tricycles all around the arena. So like, why would I want to be in school, you know? But then like I would come back to school and all the teachers would be curious on like what's my home life like because they didn't they didn't know like if my dad was my dad or if eddie was my dad or if like there's this actual like custody battle for me so like some of the teachers like had to pull my mom aside or like my dad when they would come pick me up and like ask them like what's what's the deal because like <laughs> they, they didn't think it was healthy um but overall i think the kids were kind of like they also were very like curious too on like who my dad was but i always had to tell them like no, I'm pretty sure my dad is is Ray Mysterio. You know, like, well, you had to say you're you pretty sure. Like you're pretty sure. My, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty like sure I'm, my dad is Ray Mysterio. Yeah, I mean, even me, they kind of had they had me hooked at one point. I was like, what's going on here? Did you actually, as a child, like when it was going on, like, did you kind of think that for a minute? I think I don't know if I like thought it, but like I think I thought I would eventually go home with Eddie if he won. I think that was like, like a like, I genuinely thought that like, I'd probably end up going home with them. Like, cause I don't, I, I remember them telling me that like, um, they wanted to do this storyline and my dad pitched it to me and I was, I was all on board with it. But I remember asking afterwards, like, am I gonna like, what's going to happen afterwards? Like when this match does happen, like, what if you don't, I remember thinking as a kid, like, what if my dad doesn't win and I have to go home with Eddie? Like, I never, like, actually asked that, but, like, I I thought about it. Like, me personally, like, I'd sit there, like, like think about it, and blah, blah, blah. then I'd be like, oh, well, Eddie's, Eddie's cool. I don't mind. Like, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, so, dude, I rewatched uh, the Great American Bash match, and I rewatched the, the ladder match last night, and I was thinking to myself, God, Dominic's pretty good at acting as a kid. Like he looks genuinely concerned. So now hearing that you were actually concerned you might have to switch houses does explain a lot now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So did, did did you like? Did they not give you any direction in the crowd? Like, you did Vince be like look scared or anything like that, or was that just all you actually being in fear the whole time? Um, I think they kind of were just going for my my like genuine look on like what was going on and i think most of the time i was like genuinely like super shy and like didn't want to be on the crowd so like 
I'd sit there like freaking out and like thinking about it. And then like, I would also like, they wouldn't, they would, I don't remember if they told me specifically what they wanted, but I think like my genuine reaction of being like terrified of being out there and like sitting and processing, like if I was going to go home with Eddie or like, you know, cause I didn't even know the bedtime story. I was kind of curious to see what the bedtime story was. <laughs> so like, I was, I was also like, I think it was a little bit of like genuine, like fear in there too. Like, cause I, I was just, I was a kid, man, like in this, this, these giant things happening. So I was, I don't know. It's just crazy. No, I, I can only imagine, man. Like I, I feel like, you know, from that park thing, I feel like the park thing gets left out because it's also a funny part of your, you know, origin story in WWE where you're, you're on the swing and he's asking you, Eddie's asking if you like candy and if you want to hear a bedtime story and you're just high voice of like, yes, uncle Eddie, like, yes, yes. It's, it's adorable to look back on. So I, I loved seeing all of that. How close were you with Eddie growing up after that? Um, we were, I think that whole time, you know, we were always very close with, with him and his family, you know, um, he, I remember he would always give me candy, you know, <laughs> that was like his thing. And, uh, at the time the PSPs had just come out. That was like very popular back then. And he, I remember after the angle finished and everything, he asked me like what I was into or what I, what I liked playing. And I told him FIFA and like the next week he had brought me like this PSP game FIFA, like. I believe it was like 04 or 05 and like he didn't have to do that for me you know and like it's just like how much he like cared and like it was just always a very special relationship between him and my dad and like i can tell after that there was like a special bond between us as well yeah i uh man when i was watching i rewatched you know the whole angle smackdown stuff uh you know the, the two matches and i probably didn't even have to but i got hooked because it's just like man Eddie was so good. It made me miss him so much. He was just so good. And the, you know, the chemistry he and your dad had in the ring together was just like unmatched, you know? So uh, it just, it's crazy. The, yeah, it really is crazy. And the fact that you got to be part of that, you know, in retrospect, you must be happy, you know, that you got to be, you know, part of, you know, his legacy in some way. No, 100%, you know, like that, that, that gives me goosebumps, you know, just being like knowing that like I was a part of that and I got to work with him, like, you know that's that's such a blessing man like he's one of the if not the best to ever do it and like i got to work with him as a kid like you know how like that's so special and that's something that like now as a wrestler and like something that i've like something that i've like have a passion for you know he means so much more now and it's like that that moment those moments that we had with him and like in the ring you know i'll cherish those forever because like you know, he's one of the best and like, I, I would have loved to have picked his brain or even be in the ring with him, you know, today. So the fact that I, you know, even had a chance to be in the ring with him back then as a kid is just, it's a blessing, man. And I'm very thankful. Well, you know, since you got to, you know, grow up in the business, you know, your dad, you saw everything your dad went through the, you saw the realities of the pro wrestling industry from a very young age, you know, your whole life, you've seen it, the pain that people go through. Um, just just everything that unfortunately the loss of Eddie things like that and so you know did those early you know did that did that lifelong view of the behind the scenes of wrestling did it give you any reservations about joining the pro wrestling industry because I noticed that you know you started training at a later age kind of like Charlotte Flair where it seemed like you didn't necessarily think this was always going to be your destiny to join the pro wrestling industry is that kind of why I don't think so. Um, I always loved wrestling, you know, um, 
I think, uh, like, even, like, when I was born, like, I got baptized. My godfathers, or six of them, are wrestlers, you know? So, like, it's it's just been a thing. Um, and I don't think I ever, like, I never separated from wrestling. Wrestling's always been a part of my life. And I think I was just so focused on the sports I was playing in high school because my high school didn't offer, like, wrestling. But, like, I'm almost 100% sure if my school had offered wrestling as, like, a like an extracurricular activity or even like a, like a sport, I would have done it 1000%. But since they didn't, my focus was, you know, on trying to get good grades to be able to play football or trying to get good grades to be able to stay and play soccer. And like, I was always doing something, you know, whether it was football, soccer, running track, like I just always had to stay busy. Um, but I think uh, once I left high school and, you know, there was no sports there, um, I, I told my dad I wanted to give it a shot, and man, it was it was like love at first sight. What was your favorite thing? You know, your first day taking bumps. What was your favorite thing about finally like stepping into the ring? Nothing. <laughs> my dad, especially because being in there with my dad, like we rolled. I I kid you not, Ryan. I probably rolled for maybe an hour and a half straight, just straight forward rolls, just nothing but rolling, rolling, rolling. And like to the point where like I would get up and grab the ropes because I'd be so dizzy and my dad would slap my hands like, nope, can't grab the ropes. And I'm just rolling and rolling. And uh, my godfather Conan was actually there. And uh, I remember how I always had to like, I would always tell him, hey, I, I got to go to the bathroom or something just to take a break. Because like at this point I was out of shape. Like I was, you know, I was at a low point and I needed, I needed this. And uh, my godfather was like, nope. That's BS. He doesn't need to go to the bathroom. Get back in the ring, you know. So it was, <laughs> and and like even running the ropes, like my whole back was bruised for days, you know. And I would I would have to go back and do it again the next day, and that's it was just a constant grind. But I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Well, I remember, you know, that's when I was uh, doing my website when you first started training, and I remember your dad kind of talking about it and Conan talking about it and about how you know you were starting and all that kind of stuff. And I always thought it was really it seemed very difficult, the training that you were being put through because your dad wasn't gonna let you just like join one wrestling school and learn the basics and call it a day. Like he actually wanted you to become seasoned around the world before the world even saw you, which I always thought was smart, but also more difficult. Yeah, no, I definitely, I think he got that idea of like kind of sending me all over the place um after he trained with me because like he saw that like you know it's different as a dad and him being my dad because I can not that I'm like rude or anything but like I get frustrated with him there's times where you know like when I'm trying to grab the ropes and get up like I'll, I'll literally fall back if I don't grab the ropes and like it's like come on dad like chill out for a second but I know for a fact if if you know like Lance when I trained with Lance or with Jay Lethal I didn't do any of that you know I wasn't like like, hey, come on now, Pops. I think it's just knowing that because he's my dad, I can get away with, with more things. Um, he realized right then and there, he was like, you know what? We did our part of the training. I'm going to let you know, let you kind of explore over here and over here. And then at the end of the day, once everything is put and pieced together, you know, he was the one that got the final say. Well, uh, And so, I think it was just different. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, please, go ahead. No, no, please, you continue. I was just saying, I think, it, I think it was different when he, like, after I finished in, in Florida and in uh, Canada and once I came back home to San Diego and he got that final, like, feel, I think that's when he was, like, 
he was very like happy with with the decisions that we made to be able to go all around the world and so then after that when you were doing stuff on wwe tv was that kind of like another training mode to see if you would like life on the road kind of what was that no, all because you weren't signed then right so no i wasn't i i wanted to go so i thought i was going to go like independently then hopefully get get a contract offer do a tryout nxt the whole process i wasn't i wasn't here to like get handed anything or like try to like ask for things or that wasn't what i was about or like what i wanted to do um i think the way that it came about was i saw my dad like when he was back on the road i saw how tired he was I saw like he had to drive from city to city and he would constantly be calling my mom to stay awake or me to stay awake. And I wasn't doing anything at the time. I was just training every day. So I offered, I told him, Hey, I said, let me fly out with you. You wrestle. I'll drive you to the next city. I'll do the driving. You know, I'll, you know, at that point I kind of wanted to start paying my dues in a way. Um, so I, I told him, I was like, I'll do the driving for you. You know, whatever's necessary. You, you do what you have to do and I'll, carry your bags, you know, drive your car, whatever, take you to the next city. And he was like, all right. Yeah. That, you know, that he was like, I'm down. Why not? You know, it's a, it's extra help and time that he gets to spend with me. So he was, he was all for it. And I think that's when, when they first saw me again, that's when they were like, we, we should probably do something with Dom. And then that it kind of just organically happened. Yeah, no, that, 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 uh, that's what I assumed was going on, but I, you know, it was never really like outlined. I never heard you actually say, you know, what happened. Cause I remember you were just kind of like, you were training and then you were on the road with him and then there was the Samoa Joe stuff happening, but then that kind of got put on hold. And then there was the Brock Lesnar stuff where he manhandled you. And then, you know, there's been this, you know, whole evolution to get to Seth Rollins and you know, all that. I mean, this, similarly with Seth Rollins, I feel like, you know, were you, was that another time where when you took all those kendo stick shots, was that another time where you were trying to show everyone like, Hey, this is me paying my dues. I'm going to take all the kendo stop kendo stick shots in the world to show you guys how much wrestling means to me, basically. Um, yes and no. I, I knew that, you know, what goes around comes around at the end of the day, you know, and, uh, I had been giving a bunch of kendo shots. I had been, you know, building it up, building it up. So I knew eventually it was going to come back around to me. And looking back at it now, I kind of hate, like, I'm so, I'm, I'm so nitpicky on everything that I do that I wish that like, I could have done this better and I could have sold this better. Or I could have, you know, positioned myself here. And like, that's one of the things where I feel like I could have lasted just a little bit longer tied up in those ropes, you know, but at the end of the day, it was, it, it was what they wanted and it looked brutal. Yeah, oh, it, it definitely like, brutal. How long does it take for something like that to heal? I feel like that, that I feel like that had to have lasted on you for a minute. All those scars. We just had them up on the TV, but it was intense. So I still have the scars like on my chest, like Damn. right, right around this area. I still have like little, like, like almost like lines from the kendos from like the cuts. Um, but honestly, everyone was really surprised, even like the WWE doctors, because I showed up the next week and like it was gone. Damn. Like it's it like the it was scabbing, um, but like overall the hits and everything like my body was clean, like and they were like, this isn't that's not normal. They're like, what are you eating, kid? I was like, you know, In and Out Burger, um, <laughs> <laughs> but but no, honestly, I think that the worst part was that day, and the day afterwards, the next like three days after that, because my body was just in complete shock. I remember, I woke up 
in the middle of the night and I was just shaking with like almost like a fever because my body was just in so much pain. And then the flight home from all the way from Florida. So it was like a five and a half hour flight. And I remember just sitting there and like every time I'd move or something, my back would reopen up and like there's blood on my shirt. And like, it was just, it was uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, I was, I was so proud of that. And just the props that I got from, you know, from backstage, from the crew and from the guys like that, that meant the world to me, you know, and I would do that any day of the week. What was your reaction when you found out you were going to wrestle Seth and it was your first match? I thought it was, I thought it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I thought everyone was kidding. Cause my dad actually called me and he was like, um, he's like, Hey, what do you think about wrestling Seth at SummerSlam? And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> sure. I'll wrestle Seth at SummerSlam. Um, and like, at, keep in mind, like I, I knew what Seth, like, this is it. This is Seth Rollins. Like he's been on a roll with, you know, when ever since he started with Triple H and cashing in and, you know, with the shield and just everything he's done has been, you know, top notch dudes. And I, I like, I cannot say enough nice things about him. Um, but like, and they're all his accomplishments. So like, I, I was just like, there's no way, you know, like, and then my dad was like, would you be, would you be willing to do it? And I was like, yeah, I'll do it again thinking this was all a joke but then um afterwards I, I realized that you know they were they were serious and i was like okay time time to get to work so you know we jumped back in the ring and we did whatever was necessary to make sure that i was you know prepared for that first match and actually my dad gave me the gave me the choice he's he was the one that that said you know if you're not ready tell me and we'll we'll push this back and at this point i had already been you know training for two and a half years so it was like when when will i get this opportunity again you know so i i jumped on it right away well it's kind of like you know you said finn balor told you he started wrestling after six months of training and you're like well i've had two and a half years with like the top names in the entire industry i mean might as well jump in now you know yeah you know i felt like i was ready and like i just wanted to be able to you know show what i could do and and you know show my abilities and and uh see if I don't know, man. I just, I just wanted to go out there and, and perform for people. Do you, it's gotta be tough though, as a generational performer like you to have the extra weight of the family name on top of you, especially since you have such a, you know, a big lens on what you're doing by doing it. You know, your, your first matches aren't on the Indies. They're not with like a hundred people. They're in WWE on the biggest stage of them all. Um, do you feel that extra pressure each time you get in the ring to kind of live up to the family name or do you try to push that down? Um, the pressure is definitely there. Um, I feel it all the time. Everyone's just constantly bringing it up, you know, like you got big shoes to fill, you know, but I think it's just, it's so, it's so different for me because like, I see it as like a challenge that I want to like, I want to, I want to take this head on, you know, um, my dad, you know, broke the barrier and changed the game of wrestling forever. Um, but there's this there's image of him of being you know a small masked guy that like the you know he's an underdog and i'm just like the complete opposite of him i'm you know two feet taller than him like i didn't come out with the mask like everything kind of happened so fast and like i've i kind of just accepted it and i know the pressure's there but i i don't know it's kind of like I, I want to like, I'm accepting it. Like, like it's, it's hard to explain, man. Cause I, I honestly, it, it is really difficult to try to live up to the Mysterio name. But at the end of the day, 
um, I think that I'm, I'm confident enough in my abilities and what I can do that, you know, hopefully we'll take it to the next level, God willing. Well, you know, Sami Zayn on TV recently mentioned that, like, you know, that in order for you to advance your career, you need to be your own man more. Do you think that you kind of need to step out a little more in order to take, you know, things to the next level in your career? Um, I don't know. It's it's so early in my career. Like, I literally just had my one-year anniversary at SummerSlam. You know, <laughs> like, I think people forget that I've only been wrestling for a year. And... I think as the as much help as I can get, you know, I'll still take it. You know, I'm still learning. I'm learning every day that I'm that I'm there on Fridays and even on all the house shows. I'm learning constantly. So I think the as long as I can keep my dad by my side, as long as I can, you know, why not? One of the one of the best to ever do it. You know, in my ear, telling me what to do, how to do it, positioning myself, how to win. What like, why not? You know, who wouldn't want to have? freaking Rey Mysterio in their corner, you know? So even though we do bump heads, I think I'd try to keep him in my corner as long as I can and, you know, soak in as much knowledge. Well, I'm sure it's insanely valuable for you, you know, to have him there for you after the match too, because I remember him telling me that the two of you, you know, analyze your matches, you know, your matches specifically after you guys have them. Um, so it must be insanely valuable for you to have that since you didn't go to the Performance Center and, you know, you were talking about all the great names that you have there. You've got one in your corner right there, you know, as, as difficult as it may be because he's your dad. And I know dad, father and sons tend to butt heads. Um, it's still, I'm, I'm sure insanely valuable to have his guidance, you know, and have him there to pick apart the matches with you. No, it, it most definitely is. You know, it's, it's a huge blessing to be able to have him and just literally go, we go over step by step to where I, my entrance, as soon as I come out, we're already discussing what I could do better, what I could do from there. And then it's like, it's just, it's, it's night and day, honestly, like the things that he can point out. And it's, it's crazy because like he does nitpick, 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 but it's, it's done correctly. You know, it just bug, it bugs me because like I'm a perfectionist and I see it and I know like what, what needs to be done, but he kind of just adds that little extra hint that it's like, you do need to do this, but you also need to do this, you know? And we do it after every match, you know? Um, I try to watch my matches over, like the last week with Sami Zayn, I probably watched that already a little bit over 50 times. Damn. Um, and like, yeah. And it's just, I, I kind of constantly have it on loop and just like try to pinpoint everything. Um, but like with him, you know, I watch it at least four or five times with him alone and we're just constantly going over it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a huge help just having him by my side. That fascinates me to hear that you watch it that much. And and it makes sense. Cause honestly, if I was in your position, I think that's how I would be too. I would just be watching it to ad nauseum and, and picking apart every single little thing that I did wrong. Um, but it's interesting to me here when I talk to wrestlers or people in the industry to hear how long they wait, like Paul Heyman was saying that he has to wait months before he can watch it. And, you know, Cesaro was saying something similar Paul Heyman was talking about his promos before he can watch one of his promos. Cesaro has to wait a few months before he can like watch a match in full. So it's interesting to me. It's interesting to me to hear that you almost, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You almost torture yourself watching it over and over and over and over and over again to figure out, you know, what you can get better at. Cause I know that, that, you know, I would probably do the exact same thing. Yeah, no, honestly, it's like, that's weird. I, I would never have thought that, you know, Paul Heyman or Cesaro would wait that long to, you know, go over their matches or their promos. I like, 
I guess everyone's different, you know, everyone has their own way of going at it. And those guys have been in here for, in this industry for years, you know? So like, I, I might try to give that a shot. Obviously well, it's, it's working, says, right? Cesaro says he'll watch, he'll watch back parts that he needs to like, see if he can tighten up. But as a whole, he'll wait a few months so that he doesn't remember every single thing that he wanted to do in the match. So he isn't beating oh, okay. himself up over it. And Heyman said, if I recall correctly, Heyman said that he watches it right away but then won't watch it again for like a very long time because he thinks that if he's not getting better, then it's bad. So he constantly is trying to get better. So he thinks his promos for a year from a year ago are trash. So he like, it's, it's a whole mental game. I'm very it's a whole process. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a, it's a whole process. So it's, I really enjoy hearing how long, you know, someone waits or how often they watch. And I'm the same way with my dad. So I, I completely understand what you're saying. My dad's a TV producer. So he watches my interviews every week and then gives me his you know notes afterwards and it was crazy for so long when i was doing my website and everything else it was always just like i would it would just be pages like a page of notes that i'd get afterwards of like everything <laughs> that we could have fixed everything we could have done better and it wasn't until recently where he started with this show where he calls me and he's just like that was a good episode that i really enjoyed that and i'm like no notes really no no feedback, no nothing. He's like, no, that was really entertaining. You okay? So, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you, you and your dad will get there one day. I, I, I have faith that that you guys will will get there one day. Um, is it? You know, I, I you gotta, I gotta say, you know, do you, you talked about the mask and you know you being taller than your dad and it being different, but do you hope to one day don the Mysterio mask after he retires? Most definitely. You know, I think, uh, you know. The long, the long goal here, the end game is to eventually take over the Rey Mysterio name. You know, that's that's the legacy within it. You know, he's Rey Mysterio. Um, I, you know, it's only right to make a junior, right? It's it's just you know, and traditional and and lucha culture and Hispanic culture. That's you know, that's that's tradition. That's what you do. Um, I kind of just showed up and Dom Mysterio just like organically happened. You know, so everything happened so fast that we didn't really get a chance to kind of, you know, put these little things together, but we've definitely talked about it. And, um, you know, maybe it's, he's, he's mentioned it before. The mask is something that I have to earn, um, along with, with the name. So, you know, if, if one day he wants to pass it on to me after he retires, or if he wants to make me earn it after he retires or something, uh, whatever it is, I'm up for it. I just know that, you know, that name, belongs to me and that we should you know i i i it's only right you know hispanically culturally it's only right but you know whatever he wants at the end of the day because that he's he's the one that's made it what it is so i'll respect his decision whatever it is well you know with this being hispanic heritage month i'm sure it means a lot to you just to be able to represent that heritage in the mysterio family yeah most definitely you know and and uh we posted a, a couple pictures uh of the lwo t-shirts from back in the day so you know it's it's kind of cool to be able to go back and because i was such a big fan of the lwo back in the day man i mean even the nwo who wasn't you know so like when that came out for for latinos all over the world it was like man like we're here and now like we we just did another photo shoot like with the turt with the shirts and i i told my dad i was like hey can i keep this shirt because i didn't get one back in the day and i want to make sure i have this one now um but honestly it's it's honestly it's it's such a blessing to be able to represent the Hispanic community, you know, with the Mysterio name. And it's just, uh, I want to do whatever possible to make them proud. I want an LWO and WWE so bad. I, I people always like, Oh, it's, it's something new, but dude, 
I would love to see an LWO in WWE. I think that like, you know, you got, you know, you guys and your dad and Legato and Lucha House Party, like the 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 people are there for it to happen and I would love to see it. I mean, you know, I I just think it'd be cool to see all you guys together, see the Latino culture being represented on TV with Rey Mysterio at the helm would be awesome. Yeah, I think so too, man. Like you said, like with the Legato, with, you know, Lucha House Party, we can't forget about Humberto and Garza. Like we have so many guys and like me and my dad, like, man, it would just be, we need, we need someone, someone to take down this bloodline, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Oh God. Don't get me too excited. That'd be, that, that would be too cool. Well, you just got back. I know. From your I know. <laughs> uh, you just got back from your first UK tour with WWE. You mentioned it earlier. How memorable was that for you? Man, that was, that was my first time in the UK overall. You know, I had never been uh, to the UK and we started off in Newcastle. I have, we have a great story to it too. We, uh, we missed our first flight to, uh, to Europe. So we, uh, we had to wait a couple hours and then we landed late and we went straight to the show. So it was, it was a great, great first time and a first start. Um, but the UK crowds, man, it's just, it's a different vibe out there. They, they're super behind you. I was surprised how behind me they were. Um, it was just a blessing to be out there, man. And I was very fortunate to be a part of that. That's such a good crew that was there. That picture that you guys all took over Happy Corbin is such a funny picture. Oh man, if you were there, you would have you would have loved it. We we all potatoed him, and then you know we had some iron blue, and it was it was a good time. I also think it's insane that you know you mentioned earlier all the like you know, all these big names that you've worked with in your one year uh, of being a professional wrestler. And I, it's crazy to me that in that time, you also got to be on a team with John Cena. Like, I know that it was not on TV and that they were, you know, these non-televised matches, but you were like wrestling multiple loops in your first year of wrestling with Rey Mysterio, John Cena, and the Bloodline. Like, that's crazy to me. That isn't it? Isn't that just like, what am I doing? Right. Like what is like this, 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 that should not happen. That shouldn't be happening, you know? And it's like, like you said, being in there and not to mention my first show in front of a live crowd was with my dad and edge against Roman and the Usos. So like everything has just been, you know, so crazy and such a blessing, man. That's like, like, <laughs> like I I'll say it. I'll never stop saying it. This shouldn't be happening. You know, it's just, it's <laughs> absolutely wild. But I'm very thankful for all the opportunities. And Cena was just such a big help, man. He, every time after we finished our matches, you know, he would give me advice and even just being in the corner there with him just on how to listen and react to the crowd and how to take everything in is just, man, his his knowledge is on another level. And I, you know, uh, my hat's off to him for, you know, just being in the ring and, and guiding me and helping me because he didn't have to do that, but he went above and beyond for me. And I'm, that's something that I'll, I'll appreciate forever. Is there anyone else on the roster over the past year who has really helped kind of guide you a little bit, not necessarily in the way your dad does, but in giving you advice and helping you grow as a performer? Honestly, everyone has just been so helpful, you know, um, like every chance, you know, they get, whether it's just talking to me a little bit and letting me know that like, Hey man, like, you're killing it. You know, like this is, it's crazy. how like, we forget, like, like even like a couple weeks ago, like, it's like, Hey man, like I forgot that you've only been wrestling less than a year. And like, it, it's, everyone's just been so helpful from, you know, Randy to, you know, guys from Legato to, you know, guys in the back, just, you know, 
everyone just kind of like tipping their hat and, you know, offering me like this knowledge and like advice. And it's just, everyone's just been so kind and like basically welcoming me with open arms, you know, and they didn't have to, and everyone has, and I'm very grateful. Well, since you are such a perfectionist, you know, after your first year, what do you think that you need to improve upon the most going forward? Um, I think what a lot of people don't know or don't realize was that like, I was, I was a big boy before I started training. Um, so I think, um, uh, I think I always need to improve in the ring, no matter what, I think everything can always be top notch, but I think I'm going to start trying. I've, I've been trying to put a little size on, me, you know, try to look a little bit bigger. Um, cause I was, I want to say I was about 260, 270 before I started training and I've cut down, you know, over a hundred pounds and then Damn. brought it back up. So yeah, so it's just, it's been a whole process for me and like, I'm just still trying to find that happy medium. But, uh, I think the one thing I want to improve is just, you know, my, my physical appearance and what I could do to kind of like make the character Dominic Mysterio, you know, mean something more. Yeah. When I was interviewing Riddle last week, he said that he's trying to become a body guy too, just so he can get in Vince's good graces a little more. <laughs> I, I, I don't blame him. I, he did, dude, Matt Riddle is freaking jacked. <laughs> right? He's like, oh, I'm trying to get a little more buff. I got a lot. He's like, I already got abs, and I'm trying to get bigger. I was like, Matt Riddle is so jacked. Like, how is he trying to get more buff? I can't even imagine how that would be possible. So it's like Matt, Matt Riddle has that very specific, like, MMA, like, body structure. You know what I mean? He's built like a, like, like an, like, you could tell this dude, like, throws down you know and like <laughs> hey man if you want to if you want to pass them over to me i'll take it <laughs> i'll take some <laughs> yeah i will gladly take some too that's why it makes me so mad when he's posting pictures of himself like eating pizza and stuff like that yeah he's like just, he's, got, he's got a bunch of pizza like this and he's just so just ripped just perfect abs and you're like this guy how does he do I'm, that i'm he's another one of the coolest dudes man he's uh he's been nothing but nice and you know we do i do the house shows with him and he's he's awesome man all right. Well, I got to close here, but I usually close talking to my guest about their finishing move. So for you, I would say that's the frog splash. Are you using the frog splash as your finishing move, right? I would say to top it off, we use the frog splash. Because I know you're, you do the 619, but frog splash seems to be, you know, what would be your, your finisher right now. So who's your favorite person to hit the frog splash on and why? Oh, man. I, I have to say probably Seth just because I've you know he was actually I, I was gonna say he was my first frog splash but my first frog splash was on Brock so again why would my first frog splash be on Brock which is it's freaking crazy and not to mention that was my first time ever jumping off the top rope too like a lot of the things that I've done have been like first time out in the ring so with Brock Lesnar <laughs> Just overall, overall, a lot of the things that I've yeah, but you done had your first, first chair. Time. Yeah, you had your first chair shot though, and your first jump off the top rope on Brock Lesnar though. Yeah, and uh, you know how many people can say that? But I think uh, Seth would definitely be on the top of my list. And right after that, I'd put Bobby Robert Roode in there, just because you know I I pinned him to get the title. So that's that'll always be special too. Uh, is there a time that you've done the six one nine of the frog splash that you wish you could take back for any reason? no no i like all of them 
Okay. And, and lastly, you might have already said, but what's the most memorable time that you hit the frog splash or the 619? Um, most memorable time, I think the WrestleMania SmackDown, um, only because I think that's – and no one will ever come close. Always replicated, never duplicated. I think that's the closest I could get to, like, being almost, like, comparable to Eddie's. And I don't even want to compare myself to him at all in any way, shape, or form. But I think that's, like, one of my nicer frog splashes that I've done. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. We've reached the end of our journey here. But really, I, I enjoyed our conversation here, and I really enjoy watching you wrestle, and I enjoy seeing your progression. So keep up the good work. Thank you, Ryan. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. It's, it's been a blessing. All right, man. Have a good one. Thank you, guys. Take care. Now, before we head out, don't forget, this Friday is the season premiere of SmackDown live on Fox at 8 p.m., where we'll see the fallout from this year's draft and more. It should be a good one, so don't miss it. Also, make sure you follow WWE on Fox on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube is where the video of this show premieres every week. It's where you can also find clips from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. And as always, subscribe to Out of Character on every podcast platform. Yes, I said every podcast platform. That's what I expect out of you. Go subscribe to it. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the major podcast platforms. And while you're there, leave a review, leave a rating. It makes me very happy. And just, it helps the show too. But really, it makes me happy. It's for my ego. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this is Out of Character. Download the all-new Fox Sports app now.